wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, uh, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's so wonderful to be able to come and join with you again today. This week we're following the theme, Is Biblical Creation Dead? And the big question for today is, what is biblical creation? Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. A welcome to you, Eric. Thank you, Gary. What a lovely day. It's, I'm in my shorts and that's what a beautiful weather, but cooling down tomorrow. I tell you what, it's up at almost 35 degrees. I'd say summer is on its way, and uh, it is so fantastic to be outside. It's, a, it's mm. certainly a good-to-be-alive type, well, uh, type day. Well, this morning uh, we took our Aboriginal group down to Salisbury Council, where we run a craft group there every now and then. But today we had a speaker talking about um, uh, the health of the heart and uh, and the you know the symptoms of a heart. It did, tell me, Gary, how long do you think if somebody was getting pains, not just in the chest, you can get a pain in the back or whatever, something that's a bit different, you're gasping. How long do you think the average person takes uh, to ring the uh, for for an ambulance? How many hours do you think the average person? After they feel the symptoms, ring an ambulance. I wouldn't have a clue. I would imagine a few minutes. I would have thought. Uh, the average is around four hours. Is that right? Mm. And the reason being is that some people just think, oh, it's only indigestion, it'll pass, yeah. or I'll be right, or they're too scared to go to the hospital, or they don't pick up the symptoms. But yeah, around about four hours generally, and and it's because and that's because it's the biggest killer of uh, in uh, Australia. Um, heart attacks is the b- biggest killer, and they say it's generally because people leave it too late to actually ring for help. Wow, wow, that, 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 that is really worth knowing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, sure. yeah. Eric, tell us something. Did you get down on uh, this last weekend uh, to the vegan festival uh, here in here at Rymel Park? I did. I went to the uh, the fate at uh, first of all to the Prescott College fate that they had on as well, which was really good in the morning, and then I went to the vegan festival, and uh, and it was. Uh, you had to pay to get in a little bit of money, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a, a pretty warm day, and there was a lot of people there, um, you know. And and some of the queues are pretty long, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I tried a couple of different um, recipes from different ones there. Really enjoyed it. It's amazing now what sort of um, food you can get, you know, vegan food, so nice now than what it compared to be. You know, like there's so many really good recipes. Well, the thing that I'm starting to get, get really impressed with is the is the fake meat. I suppose, you know, <laughs> I've been a vegetarian for many uh, for, for many years. Uh, but before I was a vegetarian, I did actually eat um, a regular um, uh, meat, meat-based diet. And uh, I am amazed at how uh, realistic these, uh, these meat products products are actually becoming now. Did you try the roast pork hot dog? Roast pork hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things. I lined up for a vegan ice cream, but the queue was too long. I gave that up. But uh, I did have a vegan brownie with ice cream. That was really nice on a hot day. No, it was really good. I really enjoyed it, and it's becoming more and more popular. Uh, And uh, you'll notice now in supermarkets that more and more of them, especially Drake's and places like that, have whole aisles of vegan stuff now. Yeah, that's that's certainly very true. You can actually go go in there, and and the selection is just so 
abroad. In fact, I, I love going to uh, to restaurants and just mm-hmm. test driving some of their uh, uh, some of their recipes, some of their their vegan vegetarian uh, foods. Uh, it is it's such a wide, expansive menu. Uh, the day and age where people thought that you know vegetarians were people who ate uh, lettuce leaves and cucumbers yeah. has long, long gone. Well, uh, for the listeners that may be into uh, vegeta- vegetarianism or even vegan food, if they try the My Kitchen, M-A-I Kitchen, in uh, I think it's Woodville, uh, you can Google it. Uh, I've been there, and the, the menu is all vegan, and it's about, oh, it must be about, oh, I don't know, 30 or 40 different recipes there, and, and the food yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's wonderful. Now, look, before we come to this week's theme, uh, this week, of course, we're asking, is biblical creation dead? This is a really key uh, key issue. This is an issue that is really impacting so much of the Christian world. But I'm conscious before we go there, I'd just like to just share with you, if I if I can, Eric, and I'd love to get your opinion. I, I picked up a, uh, an article, came across my uh, my desk. It was actually a countdown of uh, most recent archaeological discoveries, and it was actually a countdown from ten down to down to number one. And these are the archaeological discoveries that have been made all through 2019. And the thing that really amazes me is the way we get archaeology continuing to confirm big and little facts about the Bible. You know, this is this is remarkable. And this was an article that was talking, you know, the top 10 discoveries. I didn't even realise there had been 10 in 2019. And uh, I, I'm kicking in at number four. Uh, you can actually get this o- online. But number four was um, evidence of Babylonian destruction has been unearthed in Jerusalem. And this is what it says. Uh, Excavators from Mount Zion Archaeological Project have announced the discovery of evidence of the Babylonian conquest of Jerusalem in 587-586 while digging in an Iron Age structure within the old city walls. They unearthed layers of ash that contained arrowheads, lamps, pots uh, and a piece of gold and silver jewellery. The arrowheads were commonly used by Babylonian soldiers. Uh, It testifies that the biblical description of the wealth of Jerusalem prior to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's destruction of the city was as it is recorded in the Bible. Mm. You know, uh, to me, when I read that, I sort of say, hey, you know, that's not a big thing, Mm. but the dating, the, um, uh, the record has again been confirmed by that which we find in the in the scriptures. How does that make you feel, Eric? Oh, it just adds to your confidence, doesn't it, in God's word, for sure. And, you know, they found so many things that uh, I think the average person doesn't actually realise these things. Unless you actually dig and, and look into these things, you don't even know they're there, which people just write off um, creation because they don't have the understanding of some of the things that have been found and how it fits in with the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And, and, of course, creation that's an, another totally different field but what we've actually got here is that archaeology uh, many many think that hey this is something where there's been discoveries uh, you know 30, 40, 50, 100 mm. years ago mm. but it's not an ongoing science this is an ongoing science and mm. continually we're getting the Bible uh, being confirmed by the spade of the archaeologists I, I love this particular one here uh, this was a, another one uh, the horns of an ancient altar were discovered at Shiloh in Israel, three altar horns were discovered during this year's excavations at Shiloh in Israel, led by the Associates for Biblical Research, uh, BibleArchaeology.org. The 
original altar likely included four horns, they said, like the four-horned uh, altar that was dismantled and placed um, in secondary usage by King Hezekiah uh, in, in the 8th century. These objects are evidence that the Israelites worshipped the Lord at Shiloh just as was said in the Bible, the location of the Israelite tabernacle for over 300 years. You know, here you get this, get this evidence again that is just coming to the surface. It seems to be just bubbling up continually. Uh, I, I know over in Egypt, there's just been a, a large number of, um, um, of, uh, of coffins that have been discovered uh, over there. And, and they're picking up uh, huge amounts of uh, that's evidence, not related to the Bible, but once again, telling us so much about what's actually happening in the uh, uh, in the past. If you go to uh, number uh, uh, one more one more of these uh, um, uh, of these discoveries, I in fact I have lost my discoveries here. This is this is terrible. We've had we had some uh, uh, some some problems here with our technology just before we started. And now my, uh, my, uh, my research and my paper has, has disappeared. But you know, Eric, that, um, uh, those discoveries. Uh, to me, are just so powerful. What amazes me, Gary, is that these things here that, you, that they're finding is are thousands of years old, you know, whereas the creation talks about things being billions and millions of years old, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas these things, the, the, the amount that's happened since that time has been so quick. Yes, yes, And yes. that's what gets me with uh, when I look at the two options. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and certainly this is talking archaeology. We're going to come mm. in just a moment to this whole issue of, uh, of biblical creation. We're going to ask what is biblical creation uh, but uh, before we go there why don't we come to some uh, some music uh, this is a gungor uh, this is my father's world this is my father's world and to This 
Gungor, uh, my father's world. What a what a wonderful uh, praise praise piece that uh, that really is. Uh, this week, folk, we're giving away uh, a free copy of the Bible. Our free gift to you this week, if you would like a copy of the Bible, this is a, a New King James uh, version, and it has study helps in it. The study helps are done by Pastor Mark Finlay. These are some these are premier study helps. You will really appreciate these particular study helps. They cover so many different uh, subjects that uh, Bible students are interested in. So if you would like your free copy of the Bible uh, this week, uh, just uh, text uh, me uh, here at 0438 That's 0438 066635 and we'll have uh, a copy of the Bible uh, over to you uh, as fast as uh, we can possibly uh, make that happen. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we're following the theme, Is Biblical Creation Dead? And the big question for today is, what is a biblical creation? It was uh, March 2006. Rowan Williams was uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, and he joined the uh, evolution versus creationism debate uh, when he said in an interview with the Guardian newspaper that he did not believe that creation, uh, the scriptural account of the origin of the world, should be taught in schools. He said, I think creation is, in a sense, a kind of category mistake. It's as if the Bible were a theory like other theories. Uh, Whatever the uh, biblical account of creation is, it's not a theory alongside all the other theories. It's not as if the writer of the Genesis or whatever sat down and said, well, I'm going to explain all this to you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He caused a real conflict in the church at that particular time. But in the UK at that particular time, what did the general population actually believe? Well, it turns out that at that same time, um, the uh, the United Kingdom did actually uh, face a very significant uh, survey of over over two thousand participants uh, took part. Uh, the poll uh, for the, was for the BBC Horizon program, and uh, what they discovered was, I feel, quite remarkable even for that era. Just under fifty percent of Britons at that time accepted the theory of evolution. Just. Uh, Furthermore, 40% of those questions believed that creationism or intelligent design uh, should be taught in school science lessons. That's a, a huge number of individuals, and that's as recently as 2006. Over 2,000 participants took part in the survey and they were asked what best described their view of the origin and development of life. 22% said creationism, 17% 
opted for intelligent design. Almost half selected evolutionary theory and the rest simply didn't know. Now, of course, uh, this uh, uh, this has some uh, significant. This has engendered significant discussion uh, within almost every church. You see, there are many different varieties of creation creationist theory in the church today. But what are those different beliefs? What are those beliefs that are held by religious people? Well, we've we've got intelligent design. Uh, intelligent design theory claims that uh, some sort of supernatural designer was involved in the creation of life on life on on earth but then there's another category of individuals even within the church that believes in a thing called gap creationism in gap creationism there's actually two creations one before adam and the second which then includes adam and eve after a lengthy time gap and this theory tries to reconcile the age of the earth with the story in genesis then you uh, you have a, another theory even uh, within uh, the uh, within christian churches called the a long age creationism Long-age creationism adds an element that tries to reconcile the long period of time as shown by the fossil record with stories in Genesis. Each day in the Bible, according to this theory, wasn't really a literal day, but actually this theory suggests each day was actually millions of years. Then, then of course, uh, we have... Young Earth, creation. Uh, folks, these li- the, the number of theories, even within the creationist community themselves, uh, goes on and on. Eric, look, let's, uh, let's come to, uh, uh, to, to what you've got to present today, if we possibly can. You know, if, I suppose, my, my question is, is if an individual is to take the biblical text at face value, what really is Biblical creation, if we simply take the text at face value. If we take it at face value, it means that, um, that in creation there, was a, there is a God that took something out of nothing and created. That's what it means. That's actually if you, if you If the whole of the Bible, if you don't believe the very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1.1, then your your faith is very shaky on what the rest of the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Because we've gone through here on this program and talked about prophecy, how the prophecies come true, and we looked at mm-hmm. Daniel 2 and seen the history of the world. We've looked at the Messiah and the, the prophecies of the Messiah, but... If, and all those we believe, but if if we leave out sections, then we weaken our faith because Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." And so this is made something out of nothing. Whereas evolution believes that you know it has to be something there, a big bang, and then suddenly. You know, when it comes down to it, when you think of the two opposing um, theories, I think to me it takes more faith to believe in a Big Bang um, sort of uh, scenario than actually this creation story. 
Okay, so basically to me, as I look at this particular uh, passage, uh, what you've actually got here is the Scriptures coming from a a presupposition. And, of course, the presupposition is that um, a being, an intelligent designer, God, uh, does actually exist. Now, of course, that's actually a very foundational belief, isn't it? Mm, It is. And it actually means, too, that... um that if we read the the following text because uh, of Genesis one right through, it means that there was six literal twenty four hour days that the world was formed by God, made by God, with no breaks in between. A six literal days because um, in the Hebrew, the beginning of each of these uh, texts in crea- in, the, in Genesis here starts with actually starts with the word and. Yeah. So it's a continual thing right through. And wherever you have the the thing mentioned where evening and day, night and day or evening and day is there, that actually links in to actually a twi- uh, uh, you know, a proper day period. So we're not yeah. saying here cuz some people think, don't they, that this was formed over thousands of years. Well, that's certainly is, that is some that's of the suggestions you get yep. is that yep. uh you get a a day is equal to millions of years, but uh, I I really appreciate what you've actually said there, Eric, because I think that this is really important that we actually pick this up and realize that if in fact we're reading the original Hebrew, uh, and we come to the days of creation. You know, I, uh, as I look at my particular uh, Bible, uh, this is this is what it says. You know, as you go through each day, so the evening and the morning were the first day, and then you jump down to verse eight. Mm-hmm. So the evening and the morning were the second day, and then you go to verse thirteen. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Mm. And then you go to verse 19, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 23, so the evening, this gets very repetitious, <laughs> the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And as you've correctly said, you know, within the original Hebrew, uh, where the phrase evening and morning mm. is actually utilised, it can only mean one thing. Mm. What the the author is actually doing here is referring to a 24-hour period. There's no way you can actually sidestep this because the phrase evening and morning is intentionally inserted to actually refer to a 24-hour period. That's right. And God here, not only creating this, has given us an eyewitness account of what's taking place. Mm. So he is the witness here of what he is creating and describing it in that in that frame of mind, so I I I take literally that the accounts of the Bible here I believe are truly in this that God created, uh, and the first day it says that God created the heavens uh, in one in chapter Genesis one one to five correct God, God created the heavens and the earth, the heavens refer to everything beyond the earth outer space the earth is made but not formed. In any specific way, because it said it's without form and void mm-hmm. in this section here. Uh, it's so, um, yep. And then, although water is present in it, it says God then speaks light into existence. Then he separates the light from the day and names the light day and the dark night. This creative work occurs from the evening until the morning, which is the first day. Mm. And what's amazing to me, um, Gary, you've, you've given a statistic. So I, I also like to, you know, start the program off with a statistic. But in 2019, they did a survey in the USA. Uh, and um, they've got an election tonight, which would be fascinating. But anyway, it says here that 
uh, adults ascribe to strictly the creationist view of human origins believe that God created them in their present form within roughly the past 10,000 years was um, 40%. 40% of people believe in America that God created them in the last 10,000 years. So in other words, Mm. basically, you know, this, uh, I mean, our question for the week Mm. is, is biblical creation dead? Mm. Well, to me, I would simply say on the on the evidence, certainly the statistics that are out there, mm. there are certainly a significant number of people mm. who still have got um, reasonable doubt about the the whole evolutionary theory. Well, this this um, graph here really surprised me because this is a fairly recent one, and I thought you know with what the world is saying and uh, and now Bible creation isn't taught in schools, I thought there'd be a huge swing. But it did say that increasingly more and more Christians are, um, are changing a bit from that. It says that more Christ- more Americans continue to think that humans evolved over millions of years, either with God's guidance. Thirty three percent believe over millions of years with God guidance and 22% without. But there's still a large chunk, the highest chunk is still creation, yeah. which to me is amazing. I, I think what you've actually picked up there is a, is a statistic that is absolutely vital. The Christian world itself is actually becoming increasingly divided on this particular yeah. matter because what we actually have is this thing called theistic evolution. Of course, theistic evolution is the belief that God started the process of evolution and then evolution took over Mm. and then you've got another part of the Christian world that says no uh, and they tend to follow a far more uh, biblically um, based belief whereby God created the world just a a short time ago. Now tomorrow we're going to have Pastor David Butcher here and the subject we're actually going to be dealing with tomorrow is this issue of theistic evolution. Could, Could God have started the process of of evolution millions and millions and millions of years ago and then just simply sat back and allowed evolution to do what some suggest has actually been done and we're going to look at you know could does that fit within the the, the biblical Christian worldview mm. well you know in these verses here there's a clue here as to what caused um, uh, God to be able to create this it says there and then God said let there be light so he created it through speaking through his power uh, which is uh, you know an almighty God here so in the belief that we have in God is that he has this power to create and to create life um, so on the first day he created these things and then Genesis 1 6 to 8 said uh, on day 2 that God created the sky and the sky forms a barrier between water upon the surface and the moisture in the air and at this point earth would have had an atmosphere here is where the atmosphere actually comes in yeah, yeah. so it's all you know, all done in order. Uh, this creative work occurs in one day, in that 24-hour period here, he now creates the atmosphere. He yeah, separates yeah, things yeah. out, which is amazing. And then creation day number three, in nine verses 9 to 13, it says that God creates dry land, continents and islands, and uh, they're above the water. The large bodies of waters are named seas, and the ground is named land, God declares that all this is good. So here we see a process of, and we've actually got a starting point. Yeah. We've actually got a starting point here of where, when the earth was made. 
they can't tell you, uh, and you'll be looking at that later, when, when the Big Bang happened. To me, this is an orderly thing happening, taking place, whereas um, if you want to believe the other way, I could just quickly mention that, it's like throwing your clothes into a washing machine, spinning it around, having them fly out, and they're all in exactly the right place piled up on the beds because you've got the sun all within you know certain distances of the earth that we can have life. Uh, and that's all created through a Big Bang uh, that, that actually happened. We're not even talking about the, the origin of the species, but God says here that he created it out of nothing and he spoke it into existence. And here he's given us, a, a, um, through his witnessing and through what he did through his word, the exact account of how it all took place. It's wonderful. Yeah, and I, I appreciate what you're saying there because what you're doing is you're looking at the uh, at the foundational uh, belief as to what the scriptures are actually saying. You know, what we've tried to eliminate here is you know the concept that possibly there could be ages. Uh, each day being an age and I think what we're trying to say here is that the scriptures don't teach that. You know, their most obvious meaning is that a uh, that each day is in fact a 24-hour period. Mm. Uh, and you know, as, as I look at this, I, I say, hey, um, is, is this a reasonable belief? You know, Eric, one of the things that I, I had the privilege to do just, um, uh, just last year, just b- before the pandemic actually, was, uh, uh, to actually, uh, go to a, a large creation science uh, conference. And you know, Eric, one of the things that, uh, I really appreciated uh, was listening to uh, advanced um, uh, science-trained individuals mm-hmm. as they shared their their confidence and understanding that this was more than reasonable. You see, the very moment that you actually accept and say, hey, there could be an almighty God. And, you know, one of the things about the scriptures, uh, Eric, is that what we actually have is um, continually you have the supernatural being presented. You know, for example, you have the virgin birth. Mm. Uh, you know, you have a supernatural resurrection. Mm. You have miracles. You have predictive prophecy. And, uh, do you know, the very moment, I actually remember saying on one particular occasion to an individual, I said, hey, is it reasonable to believe in, for example, the virgin birth while at the same time denying the possibility that the earth might have been created just a a short time ago and we had a really significant discussion about that because there is so much once you've actually accepted that there is a supernatural god uh, who is has impacted this world then creation actually is more than reasonable you know one of the things that i was uh, I, I also really appreciate was just a, a year or two back i was up uh, uh, love some uh, bookshops that we've got up here in the adelaide hills but uh, i i picked up a book by a uh, a very significant uh, uh, biological scientist uh, the book was called the paradox of uh, of evolution and uh, what he was uh, uh, what he was speaking about is his own doubts about the evolutionary theory. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I'd encourage our listeners. Yeah. Uh, this, th- this man, I, I, ha- I have to commend him for his honesty because he, he was prepared to say, hey, even within the evolutionary worldview, we, we can't answer 
every question. There are still things which we need to somehow look at a designer for. And, uh, uh, and I would encourage, you know, uh, listeners, this, this particular book, The Paradox of Evolution, he's, uh, this particular, uh, Stephen Rothman, uh, he, he deals with the issue of actually human sexuality. And he says, hey, look, you know, this, uh, the, the whole, um, biological process of, uh, of human and animal reproductive process is actually a huge mystery to us because whereas a human cell uh, can, one cell might be able to divide into two equal cells, mm. human reproduction, animal reproduction doesn't work like that. Mm. What it does is it has two totally different individuals mm. and uh, it and it's incomplete. It's not able to process, to process until uh, one the one individual and the other individual that uh, are able to come together and blend perfectly. Mm. And his the, the point that he makes is the, the the question that to this day that evolutionary biologists have been unable to answer is how does the process of human uh, sexual reproduction. How could that possibly have evolved? And uh, he, he's written an entire book on it. And he's, you can tell that uh, a number of times he actually struggles with, with this particular belief. And uh, uh, I, I found reading the book absolutely intriguing, The Paradox of Evolution by Stephen Rothman. It's interesting yeah. too when you're talking about human origin. There is only one human race. We're all, by DNA, we're actually linked back to yeah. the one source, yeah. which is yeah. another reason that links us straight back to Adam and Eve, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. To me, yeah. but you know, it was interesting too, Pastor Gary. I, I read an article recently where, that uh, when they were looking at first going to fly um, to the moon, um, they were scared of actually landing on the moon because they thought there'd be feet of quite a bit of dust up there uh, through all the all the millions of years. They thought it would have gathered and that it would have sunk down. But that view changed since 1965, where where they've discovered and, and studied over time that um, there's um, that. They reckon that what's happened is that the dust is actually compacted down into um, into rocks. So they're actually changing their thoughts a lot on what yes, they actually yes, thought, yeah, and, yeah. and they keep trying to justify yeah. uh, the different changes. Um, but it's interesting me. I mean, the Bible is full of um, not just in Genesis, but right through. I mean, as um, it talks many times about creation, which is really good. It's, for instance, it says here. Uh, that in Nehemiah nine six it says, "You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in it, and you preserve all of them. And the host of heaven worships you." You know, there's there's heaps of texts from other writers that really, uh, really back up what the creation story is all about. And to me, as I look at this and think about the human body. And for instance, you know, you also look at the um, giraffe. Now, when a, a giraffe bends down his neck to drink, um, there's a little valve that stops the blood from rushing from his heart right down to yeah, his neck. You know, yeah. now. How could that have happened? That would have happened instantaneously for him to be able to live, you know? Yeah. So yeah. they're saying that evolution say, well, that evolves, you know? Um, and the eye, just taken in the look of the eye, well, the creator formed these things. Um, 
even scientists and have, you know the plane flight we have today the helicopter is actually derived from the hummingbird which can yeah. actually fly backwards yeah. and up and down like a helicopter yeah. man has actually learnt from creation yeah and that's this what is, it's all about this is one of the things that you find in the in the book of Job you get uh, mm-hmm. God speaking to to Job in the last few chapters and the questions are where were you when I was creating these mm. things uh, do you know Eric the thing that and I'd love you to actually come back to this to actually looking at where else in the Bible because mm. continually as we actually follow the scriptures through what we see is this assumption and it is an assumption that there is an ever that, that there is a supernatural God but to mm. me the thing that I'm so thankful for is that while we could say that is an assumption it's actually based on significant evidence and mm. you know to me the more I read the more I look the more uh, more I see the more confident that I become that in fact what we're dealing with here is not cunning, cunningly devised fables this is something that has got a, a, a very um sound sound basis to everything that is that that is actually being presented and you know when we look at the world too gary when we see things like a, a nice table or or a nice whatever that's been created that's yeah. been yeah. made yeah. and yet we take a thing like creation this account here and people say no it happened this way just by chance you know yeah. um, and I see a tree and uh, I say well you know God's made that yeah. Whereas, and that gives me purpose in life too for our own lives that God made you and I yeah. therefore that gives us a direction and an understanding of life we're just not something that's going to float away it's something that's uh, been formed and created for a purpose yeah. Uh, yeah. and that is so important. I mean, you know, it says too here, um, in, uh, uh, in, it says in John 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. That's a pretty strong statement here. Yeah. So, so who mm. is who is being listed as the creator there? Jesus. Jesus. Mm. So, if in fact I deny creation, mm. who am I actually denying? Yes, you're denying the Christ. I'm denying Christ because mm. this is the, the the teachings certainly of the first chapter of John because you get this uh, this presentation here that Jesus Christ is the creator and if in fact I, I, I assume that the and we're going to be coming this to, to, to part of this tomorrow mm. if in fact I'm prepared to say hey look you know well uh, no creation didn't actually happen then what I have to do is to deny the creator and the creator yeah, according to John is that is actually Jesus Christ himself in mm. fact I've, what I've done is actually deny Jesus Christ that's <laughs> right and if you deny this part here then you deny the the uh, the power of recreation by Christ when people yeah. were ill or sick yeah. as he did on earth and that's what the um, the scribes and, and Pharisees at the time could not understand that they thought that this power was coming from the devil and it was actually the saviour himself when he could actually heal somebody and reform uh, leprosy and, and you know reform hands and sight uh, he did all this through the creative power that uh, we understand that he has because of creation. And that is so important what you said there because the very moment that we accept that the supernatural does exist within the scriptures and to me that's the that that's the very foundation of of the scriptures the very moment we accept that you know there is no problem at that point with accepting a god that actually created the world over a short time period but mm. 
let's let's just come to some music. Yeah. Uh, love uh, Michael Cord. This is uh, El Shaddai. Please worship.
知道。These study helps answer so many of the questions that people ask concerning the Bible. Uh, this is our free gift to you today. Uh, that's the New King James uh, Bible with study helps by Pastor Mark Finley. If you would like uh, your copy of uh, of that particular Bible, please just send your your name and your address uh, to o four three eight zero double six six three five. That's o four three eight. Zero double six six three five, and we'll have uh, a copy of that uh, that Bible. Uh, this is probably one of the one of the best gifts that we we actually have. I believe you'll really appreciate uh, this copy of the of the Scriptures. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. And this week we're following the theme: Is biblical creation dead? And the big question for today is exactly what is a biblical creation? Uh, Eric, do you want to come back to us again and just, you know, you shared some really important points to us about those uh, early chapters in the book of uh, in the book of Genesis. Uh, what about the rest of the scriptures? You know, you've, you mentioned, I, I really appreciate the fact that you, met, you talked about Christ being presented by uh, John as being uh, the creator. Uh, that is so significant. We're going to come back to that one uh, tomorrow because that has huge implications for what we actually uh, believe uh, in this particular area. What else do the scriptures say? Well, Gary, we started off in the beginning of the Bible. This text comes from the last book of the Bible, Revelation 4.11. Um, and it says there, <clears throat> Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So what it's actually saying here too is that we worship God because he is our creator. Mm. And that's an important point to remember because if we don't believe in the creation story, then we really aren't worshiping God in, yeah. in His full fullness. Because if you, if the readers want to look at um, and write down Psalm one forty eight, the whole Psalm, not very long, is all about creation, and it yeah. talks about praising Him because He is the Creator. He talks about the things He created, like praise Him, sun and moon, praise Him, all you shining stars, praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever he gave a decree and it shall not pass away so this to me is um is, is all about praise for him that in our worship we understand that we have a creator that he created the world in those days and rested on the seventh day and if you actually pastor gary i actually looked up the hebrew calendar and had a look at the calendar mm-hmm. and the christian calendar and the first art talked about there was the Sunday coming right through the seven days. So day one was Sunday. And very interesting, mm. but it talks all about worship here. Yeah. That we worship him also and finally yeah. because he is the creator. Yeah. Yeah. It's all and part of it. I, I, I appreciate again what you're saying there because what we're actually coming to here is that if you take the the Bible as it as it reads, then to me 
I can only come to the conclusion that what it's actually referring to is the creation event occurred a short time ago, and we're talking, you know, six, seven thousand, thousand years ago, thousands of years ago, not millions of years ago, and it happened by a supernatural act of an almighty God. I mean, on it, on the most simple reading, that's how the, the scriptures appear to read to me. That's right. And, you know, and it's all laid out for us to understand it that way. But it's not only those scriptures, Gary, at the beginning that give us the creation story, but the creation is actually brought right in through the whole scriptures and even talked about in Revelation. Uh, and so this is can give us confidence as we take the Bible as a whole and line up those texts like we've talked about, like fence posts. It then lines up to uh, who God is. He's our creator, our redeemer. He, he had the right to die and... And come back again because he created, yeah. and he has power yeah. over creation. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the big point. I, I I love the way in the book of Job, and of course Job is probably the first of the scriptural books that was actually written. It's probably been written by by Moses, yeah. uh, but it it probably predates even the uh, the Pentateuch in there at the very beginning of our Bible, but. That uh, that particular story, at the very end, you get uh, a picture of God actually addressing uh, this man, Job. And this is what he says. And Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is it that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you will answer me. I've heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I repent in dust and ashes. Do you know, as I read that, I sort of say, hey, how relevant Mm. is this to the day and age in which we're actually living? Because here we have got Job, when he actually sees God, he suddenly has a different attitude to everything else that is actually, that he beholds in this world. Everything else seems to actually make sense when, in fact, he actually sees God. I just wonder if, in fact, the um, uh, the biggest challenge that we're facing today is not this uh, the, the presuppositions with which we're actually coming to the scriptures. Now, I recognise that I certainly come to the scriptures with presuppositions, but you know, the one of the things I'm so conscious of is that that's true actually for every single person. We all come to the uh, to this particular teaching uh, with some presupposition. Uh, you know, as I read the scriptures, I look at the evidence for the supernatural. As I look at the evidence for a, a God who is able to reach out and touch the hearts of minds of individuals. As I see a, a God who is able to, um, uh, to work through predictive prophecy, I say, hey, I believe that there's evidence for the supernatural there. And the very moment that I accept that there is evidence for the supernatural, to me, is not a big step to simply say that we have a supernatural God that can actually work uh, for humanity. Mm. Uh, uh, Eric, look, I'm conscious our time is almost gone. Would you like to just pray for us as we finish? Sure. <clears throat> Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to pay you all the homage, Lord, and uh, the worship that we have for you today. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you're our creator and redeemer. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us life. 
And Lord, we know that as we stay close to you, that you're the one that has the power to create and to recreate. And Lord, we just want to thank you for the beauty that we see around us. We know, Lord, that there are many problems in the world, but we also see the beauty in the flowers and the trees. And we think of you and we look up at the stars and the sky. Help us, each one of us, Lord, to keep our eyes always looking upward. May we always stay close to our Saviour and our Creator. For you are the one, Lord, that is all-powerful. You are the one, Lord, that can do things just by speaking. And, Lord, we know that you're coming again soon. Mm. So bless all the listeners today, Lord. If there is someone that is doubting creation today and has been uh, his mind or her mind has been bombazzled with the things of this world, Lord, that, um, that, that other theories have come forward, we pray, Lord, that these folks, Lord, will study the Scriptures and that you'll help each one, Lord, to know that there is a God that loves them and created them. So bless us all now, Lord, and thank you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time B and a Please join us tomorrow when we ask, could God have created the world by using evolution? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy the Cox family. Will there be any stars? <laughs>